Welcome to All Together Now. This is Eleanor Lacane. Our guest today for the first segment is Ellen Kurz, the founder and president of iVote, a national voting rights organization and a leading champion for voting rights. Following her will be Dr. Marty Casey on healing trauma. First up is Ellen Kurz, founder and president of iVote, where she has run campaigns to help elect secretaries of state in some of the toughest battleground states in the country and to successfully pass automatic voter registration. She's been called a one-person Paul Revere, warning of the dangers of vote suppression efforts. She is a passionate advocate for voter participation, organizing registration drives around the country for decades, helping to raise millions of dollars to register and turn out disenfranchised voters, and working with many nonprofit organizations, as well as serving as the National Get Out the Vote Director at the Democratic National Committee. You may have seen Ellen Kurz featured in the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, Time Magazine, Politico, or The Hill. She joins us here today. Ellen Kurz, welcome to All Together Now. Hi, thanks, Eleanor, for that nice introduction about my work. Well, you know, you are a true patriot, and I so appreciate what you're doing. I, I, uh, and I used to be Assistant Secretary of State of Massachusetts, so I have a real sensitivity around the voting rights issue and keeping the sanctity and uh, honesty of our election systems. Can you tell our listeners, why did you found iVote? Yes, I had um, I'd already been for decades working on uh, issues related to increasing participation in elections, because that's my passion. Um, from national voter registration drives to working at the Democratic Party to working with a bunch of different groups. And because when you think about it, a lot of elections are decided by the people who don't vote. And we have a problem in this country, especially in the midterms, but even in the presidential elections, of uh, not enough people voting. So um, taking a, a magnifying lens to that, why don't people vote? Why don't some people vote? That's a complicated issue, and it's um, got a lot of – there's a lot of reasons why people don't vote, and people have written extensively on it. A lot of it has to do with uh, disconnection to the uh, system and feeling like their vote doesn't matter. But after working in the field for decades – what angered and frustrated me to take a to to form iVote was that I saw that a lot of people in the country were working hard to try to get more people to vote, to try to increase participation, to make us a better democracy. And then there was a subset of people, namely the Republican Party, that was trying to stop certain people from voting as a way to win elections. And this was pretty graphic to me from being out in the country and um, working in some of the swing states 
And I started having conversations with the national field director um, from Barack Obama, uh, Jeremy Bird, and we were we were trying to think of a strategy for increasing voting to fight back against what they were doing, the Republicans were doing, in a nationally well-coordinated, well-funded effort to stop certain people from voting. We like to say they were trying to um, have the leaders pick their voters instead of the voters pick their leaders. And they were doing this in a, in a lot of ways. They, they, had, they had figured this out. So they, one thing that they did that we thought we could have an impact on was that the Republican Party prioritized the Secretary of State office. They funded it. They had several outside groups, PACs that funded it and funded the election so, you know, the candidates of their choice would win. And they used some of their structural, um, uh, some of their structures like the Republican Legislative Campaign Committee to fund these races. And our candidates were left on the Democratic side, which people that were actually just trying to do their job and considered their job to be just administering elections in an honest and fair way, our candidates, those type of candidates, were left on their own. And often the first time running for a statewide office or running for office at all, and so they were out there without a lifeboat, with no, no help. And so we put together our team of people who cared about this and were pretty experienced at running elections. And we started iVote. And our goal was to go on the offense against voter suppression, because often we have people pass bad laws that restrict voting, restrict early vote, restrict, um, you know, where you can vote, when you can vote, how you can vote, what you need to vote whether you can bring water to the polls to vote. And we end up suing. I mean, lawyers end up suing for people's constitutional right, you know, for people's right to vote. And that's important. And that work has been important. But we wanted to have a political strategy. And our strategy was to go on the offense to put leaders in place and laws in place that would increase voting. And it's just that simple. So we started with the two things that we thought were the biggest game changers in terms of how many people get to vote, which is the Secretary of State office in swing states. And I say in swing states because a lot of the shenanigans about stopping people from voting, that's where it happens. And also adding automatic voter registration as a way to increase voting. And in in eight, nine years of operating, we've had we've made so much progress, which I'm not sure gets reported because everybody's so focused on the failure of the National Voting Rights Act, which is depressing. But in the state levels, we've made a lot of progress. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I just think you're brilliant, by the way. I think, you know, what you're doing is so important. And 
I love that you decided to go on the offense. First of all, most people don't understand the importance of the Secretary of State position. And for our listeners, uh, most Secretary of States are charged with overseeing the elections in their state because each voting, you know, voting is done on a state by state basis. And it's the Secretary of State who generally in most states will oversee that election system. I didn't know that myself until I got deep into elections in my home state of Massachusetts and uh, served as Assistant Secretary of State there. But it's a critical, critical position, Secretary of State. And you're so right, Ellen. The Republicans understood that and they were working um, to get a hold of the power in the Secretary of State offices. And Democrats were a little slower to understand the importance and to take action there. Um, and of course, we all know the reasons the Republicans are trying to suppress the vote is because their agenda is so unpopular, they wouldn't win uh, unless they suppress the vote. So they can't win on the merits of their arguments. They're anti-choice. They want to get rid of Social Security. They want to cut and get rid of Medicare, you know, very popular programs. Um, so people are like, no, I don't really want that. But if they prevent the uh, Democrats from being able to vote, it makes it easier for, uh, for the Republicans to win. So hats off to you to recognizing this as a vital part of our democracy and stepping in in the leadership and, and to do something about it. And can you talk a little bit about, uh, you've talked about your successes since you started iVote back in um, 2014, that's eight years ago. What progress yeah. have you made with iVote? Well, when we started iVote, in 2014, there was zero Democratic secretaries of state in swing states. And we, in the last cycle in 2018, we, we worked hard on two things. One, elevating the importance of the office across the country with a nonpartisan campaign. And then we got behind Katie Hobbs in Arizona as a pro-voting candidate versus um, Steve Gaynor in Arizona, who was at the time promoting all sorts of extreme views about stopping uh, Spanish ba ba ballots um, printed in Spanish, stopping early vote, just all sorts of um, opinions about, you know, making it harder for people to vote versus Katie Hobbs. And for the first time ever, we ran a record-breaking $3.6 million campaign for Katie Hobbs, promoting her views on, you know, keeping on, on increasing participation, fair and free access to ballots. And, you know, it was, it was a campaign that used, used extensive um, uh, research by top people in the field, top operatives who know how to reach voters to, to get them to be compelled to vote for this office, and who used a top media firm to actually figure out where we needed to reach the voters. So it was a professional campaign for Secretary of State, 
And Katie won by 0.8 votes in the very swing state of Arizona. And then she was in the position of being Secretary of State for the 2020 presidential election and where we know what happened and had people, you know, storming her house, her office, demanding, you know, recounts that there already were happening anyway because Arizona has professional audits and years of screaming about stolen elections. So she really was the safeguard of democracy. So that was a pretty good investment for $3.6 million, but it was also a historic investment. And we're super proud of her and how she stood up for democracy. And we also ran independent expenditure campaigns for Jocelyn Benson and Jenna Griswold. And Jocelyn is the poster child for what you want in a secretary of state where she even spent, uh, she's done so many innovative and creative things to work on the problem of low participation in the areas of her state that were low participating, even visiting the 99 precincts that performed the, had the lowest turnout to see what she could do to fix it. And, and, and which state is that? Michigan. Michigan. And, mm-hmm. and so she, like, she literally, she has done so much to improve, modernize, and make elections more secure in Michigan and have everyone participate, whether they be Democrat, Independent, or Republican. And so that's something we're very proud of her. And she's just like the kind of person has the kind of integrity that we would want in this office in every state. Because right. I, I, when you were talking before about how people don't realize, they didn't realize at all five years ago. I think that when mm-hmm. Trump, when Trump um, went to Brad Raffensperger and those tapes became public about, quote, finding votes, I think some people have woken up to the importance, and we see that in the fundraising numbers and in the amount of people that seem to understand and the, and the better job the media has been doing uncovering these races. And I'd like to say if I saw Brad Raffensperger on the street, I don't know if I'd punch him in the face or hug him because, yeah, he didn't find votes, but prior to that, he did some pretty bad purging as Secretary of State, which is a whole topic for a whole nother conversation. But the fact that Trump tried to bribe him or threaten him or bully him to fix the election results has really put shined a light on how important these offices are and can be, that you need a guardian of democracy in that spot. Absolutely right. And I just want to underscore, you know, what you're talking about is so rich and so important. But I'm hearing what you're saying because you had the foresight in 2014 to focus on trying to get Democratic secretaries of state into the swing states. You know, back then you backed Katie Hobbs, the Democrat in Arizona. And for the $3.6 million that you raised and spent uh, to support her candidacy. And she won very narrowly, as you talked about, less than 1% of the votes there. 
that imagine if you had not done that, Ellen, then very yeah. likely it would have stayed a Republican Secretary of State that, that would have been in charge when Trump came running around saying, can you find me enough votes so I can switch your state from Democratic votes to Republican votes? So you exactly. have to save democracy in America in 2020. So I just want to underscore that and salute you for that great work. Thank you very much. We also did some really important work passing automatic voter registration in Nevada, where we saw the largest per capita increase in turnout. And, and Nevada it is a purple state, too. And again, our goal is to go on the offense and find things that we think really change the game in terms of how many people get to vote. And automatic voter registration is a huge step towards actually my life's goal of ending registration, because I think registration itself is a suppression tool. And, right. I, I want to circle back to that in a minute, but I, I just want to stay with the secretaries of state yes. a little bit more. You mentioned sure. Raffensperger. For our listeners, Raffensperger uh, is the secretary of state in the state of Georgia. And yes, he yes. was, like you said, he was like the evil guy and, and the heroic guy all at once. He's the one who had knocked hundreds of thousands of Democrats off the voter rolls, which meant that Stacey Abrams so-called lost her vote when running for governor of Georgia. But uh, he turned out to be the good guy when Trump called him uh, saying, I need 11,000 more votes in Georgia. Can't you just find me those votes and turn the election from Georgia over to me, the Republican Trump for the presidential race. And Raffensperger, to his credit, stood up to Trump and said, no, this is how the voters voted. So uh, it's kind of a mixed bag, but I do think it's important to note that as bad as some of these and many of these Republicans are, there are some Republicans with backbone. And if they had not stood up in 2020, the election uh, might have actually been flipped over to Trump to stay in office, even though the voters voted for uh, Biden into the presidency by over 7 million votes, and he won a good margin of victory in the uh, uh, Electoral College. So it's, it's just, well, again, underscoring the importance of your focus on secretaries of state and I'm wondering for this election now, we've got uh, November 8th uh, is coming up. Um, this election, a lot of Secretary of States are on the ballot, and there is a fierce battle happening, uh, going. And now uh, the Republicans are trying to get a hold of all those Secretary of State offices in the swing states. Which states are you prioritizing? Which states should we be focused on supporting the Democratic candidate for Secretary of State? I would say that um, our states correlate with the states that we think are the most important, starting with the state of Michigan, where we have a model Secretary of State who's pro-voting for and who stood up for the will of the people, the Constitution and the law, running against a person who is very fringe, very right-wing, Christine Caramel, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, 
who has made outlandish statements like that the January 6th insurrectionists were actors and actresses and talks about satanic principles and all sorts of like not only outlandish and right wing um, comments, but pretty nutty stuff. So there is like the that's the marquee race to me Mm -hmm. because Jocelyn has already proved herself, Jocelyn Benson, to be a person of integrity who has smartly run elections and defended democracy. And as a matter of fact, she's about to receive an award at the JFK Profiles and Courage, along with Zelensky and Liz Cheney, for what she did. She had, you know, she had violent protesters outside her own home where she has a young child, her and her husband have a young child. So that's the marquee race. But in every battleground state, and our states that we're focused on are Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Minnesota. In each one of those states, there is a person who wants free and fair access to elections, pro-voting, thinks of the office as something that they should be doing as a civil service to increase participation. And there are still primaries in the other states, so I can't exactly say who's going to be all of those people's opponents. Michigan seems to be the only one that's settled. But we have terrific candidates on the pro-voting side. And there is at least one election-denying, you know, the election that Biden didn't win, person living speaking lies to the American public in the front-runner status in the Republican primary. We don't know who's going to win. In some states, there's two. So I don't know where these people, where they're finding these people, but I think the American public's going to reject them. So, right. Um, yeah, so you're... You're uh, prioritizing the Secretary of State races in Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, and Minnesota. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And I notice on that list that uh, you didn't mention Colorado with Jenna Griswold running. Do you feel that's not a priority race? Or Well, we, we're not so funded that we could do every race. So Mm -hmm. we we are keeping an eye on her race, and um, we had to prioritize some somewhere, Mm -hmm. and so um, that's where we drew the line at those five Mm -hmm. states. We are watching Colorado, and you know there's a big controversy going on in Colorado with the woman Tina Peters who tampered with the election, and that's a whole other segment. But right. Jenna Griswold is a great Secretary of State, and, you know, we're keeping an eye on it. But our top tiers are those other five states. Right. That's very interesting. Well, I did an election analysis um, to see kind of where should I prioritize my work on races. I've run campaigns before. Um, and, uh, you know, help to mobilize people around elections. And... Uh, 
I, I, had, I had the Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada. I did have Colorado and I did not have Minnesota. So I need to look more carefully on that. But I interviewed yeah, Jenna put Griswold. Them all in. Put them all in. For us, it's a budget decision. So yep. it's not that, yep. we, you know, we, we want Jenna Griswold to be reelected. And we will, yeah. we, will, we will be keeping an eye on that and making sure that she is. Right. So. Fantastic. Well, and it's the same for me. I've been mobilizing the Yale community and hopefully uh, other alumni groups uh, to uh, raise money just for the Secretary of State races for the exact reasons that you started. I awesome. vote. Can I say thank you? And also that after you contribute to the candidates themselves, can I just put a little plug in here for I vote, which is www.ivoteforamerica.org or that's the best way to reach us, www.ivoteforamerica.org. And we would, we're, we're mostly fueled by grassroots donations. So we really, really need everyone to understand the importance of these races and to support us in any way that they can. Of course, support the candidates directly too. Right. I think it's a both and. And of course, if you're supporting the candidates, there's usually limits on what you can give to any one candidate per election. So if you have more money to give, I vote for America would be the place to go. Um, dot org. Dot org. <laughs> yes. Org. I learned this from the best. You've got to say your website. <laughs> <Yeah>. Excellent. <laughs> well, yeah. And uh, so we've been talking about uh, voting. So if you're in those states, I'm thinking now, what can our listeners do? What can concerned Americans do right now? There is an incredible assault on our electoral system. The Steve Bannon and Trumpians and all those guys have millions of dollars. They're working to harass and push out people who are dedicated uh, patriots, whether Democrat or Republican. They're trying to push them out as being workers in our election system. And they're trying to replace them with election deniers who will try to turn the election for Republicans and for Trump in 2024. So it's an orchestrated attempt to replace good people with election deniers. What can concerned Americans do right now? If we live in one of the named states, uh, Arizona, Colorado, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Minnesota, yes. Vote yes. for those Secretary they, of State. They also could give to us because we are going to make sure that every dollar is spent in an effort to communicate with voters. And these races are important if you live in those states or not, because, you know, who who gets to be Secretary of State determines who gets to vote, how many machines get put out in black neighborhoods, how many people get purged arbitrarily or not off the registration rolls? How many people get, you know, drop boxes and they fight back against state legislature, bad laws. And there's a lot of things that secretaries of state can do and, or not do. And so um, we are, we have run and won campaigns that have changed the, who who gets who votes and therefore who wins presidential elections and it's not just presidential elections because it doesn't matter if you care about the climate change or being pro-choice or health care 
if everyone voted, which is our motto, what if everyone voted, we would see a government that represented our views much more closely. Um, what, why is it that more people are pro-choice than not, yet we're getting these bad laws besides the Supreme Court? Why is it that more people are for a ban on assault weapons, but we can't pass anything? It, one of the reasons is because of the people who don't vote, who can't vote, or who are discouraged from voting or blocked from voting. And that's the sliver of the pie that we're trying to work on, um, making sure that as many people get to vote. And for that, we need the election administrators, the secretaries of state, to run free and fair elections and to even do things to encourage voting, not just not do the bad things, also do the good things that they do when they're elected. Right, exactly. And a secretary of state as an election administrator can do things like put fewer voting machines in Democratic voting areas. So then people and they do yeah. forced to wait eight hours in line to vote and makes it very hard for them. And the Republicans in Georgia and the legislature now saying, well, it's illegal to give people water if they're waiting in line for eight hours. <laughs> it's like, I really? Mean, that's just beyond absurd. But like what, you know, that's a little thing that everybody finds amazingly upsetting. But, you know, we started iVote because of the purges, because they were arbitrarily purging people off the rolls. And it was literally based on neighborhoods of people they thought weren't going to vote GOP, so weren't going to vote Republican. That's not fair. That's not America. That's not that's cheating to win an election. And. I hate to use that kind of rhetoric in this environment where they're talking about a stolen election constantly, but, it, you know, we ran the safest, most secure, highest participation election in 2020 in a lot of states. We want to keep it that way. We want to keep going forward. We don't want to go backwards. So Fantastic. we need to support these pro-democracy, pro-voting Secretary of State's like Jocelyn Benson, whoever the nominee ends up being in Arizona for us, Steve Simon in Minnesota, Cisco Aguilar in Nevada, and um, who am I missing? Whoever the nominee becomes in Georgia, it looks like the um, win has a upper hand on securing the nomination. But we'll see. The voters get to decide that. And then we as a country need to come together and back these people that are pro-democracy. Absolutely. And I would say I would call down. on all Americans, Democrat, Republican, Green, unregistered, yes. unaffiliated. Everybody should be backing the Democratic Secretary of State candidates if you care about free and fair elections. To find out more, you want to go to the website, IVoteForAmerica.org. That's all the time we have. Ellen Kurz, thank you so much for being on thank All Together you. Now and for all your great work. And thank you very much for having me as a guest and for your work, too. Thank you. Good luck, and we'll have you back sometime. Thank you. Listeners, stay tuned for our next conversation.